Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Monday, February 25th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, U.S. President Trump delays the increase in tariffs on imported Chinese goods. Prime Minister Theresa May delays her Brexit deal vote in Parliament. And ExxonMobil tries to prevent an investor proposal that would set targets for the company's greenhouse gas emissions. Then the FT's Gideon Long brings us the latest from the Venezuelan-Colombian border. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. President Donald Trump has announced the U.S. will delay an increase in tariffs on imports of Chinese goods. Mr. Trump had previously said that on March 1st, tariffs on $200 billion of Chinese imports would increase from 10% to 25%. But on Sunday night, the president tweeted about the delay in imposing the extra tariffs following substantial progress in weekend trade talks. He added, quote, Assuming both sides make additional progress, we will be planning a summit for President Xi and myself at Mar-a-Lago to conclude an agreement. A very good weekend for U.S. and China. Mr. Trump didn't provide any further details on a potential future deadline for the tariffs increase. The move marks the latest sign that Mr. Trump is keen to reach a deal with China and to avoid any further disruption to the U.S. economy as he heads into his re-election bid. But it remains far from clear whether Mr. Trump will be able to secure enough concessions from China on industrial subsidies, the protection of intellectual property, and the end of regulatory restrictions on U.S. investments. And Prime Minister Theresa May has also deployed some delaying tactics, pushing back the next Brexit vote in Parliament. The vote on the withdrawal agreement with the EU was originally scheduled for February 27th. Now the Prime Minister plans to hold the vote as late as March 12th. That's just 17 days before the UK is set to leave the EU on March 29th. Mrs. May agreed to push the vote back after three of her senior cabinet ministers threatened to vote against the government to block a no-deal exit. The CBI business group condemned the move, saying Mrs. May was running down the clock. Europhile MPs argued that it was unlikely to save the prime minister from a humiliating defeat on Wednesday, when Parliament will debate her approach to talks with Brussels. Mrs. May is engaging in high-stakes negotiations with EU leaders and her cabinet. Her move to delay the vote aims to buy time for negotiations in Brussels, keep pressure on her MPs by staving off efforts to delay Brexit, and leave some room for fallback options if her deal fails the next vote. On Sunday evening, conservatives Simon Hart and Andrew Percy made a counterproposal that would delay Brexit to May 23rd if Parliament hasn't approved a deal by March 12th. ExxonMobil is trying to prevent an investor proposal on setting targets for greenhouse gas emissions. The proposal would come up for a vote at Exxon's annual meeting in May. It's backed by investors with a total of $1.9 trillion under management and led by the Pension Fund for New York State. The proposal calls on Exxon to start setting short, medium, and long-term targets for reducing greenhouse gas emissions, including those released when its products are used. Under the proposal, the targets for emissions would be aligned with the goals established by the Paris Climate Agreement. But Exxon argues that the proposal is misleading, amounts to an attempt to micromanage the company, and has already been substantially implemented. The company said it's already cutting its emissions and that forcing it into unilateral action could make it harder for countries to meet their pledges under the Paris Climate Agreement. The decision on whether to allow Exxon to prevent the vote will be a test for the Securities and Exchange Commission. In recent years, the regulator has accepted some requests from companies to avoid votes on climate-related proposals, but it's accepted others. 
And here's a closer look at one of today's big stories. Venezuelan opposition leader Juan Guaido is calling for international intervention. On Saturday, at least two people were killed and about 300 injured after the U.S. attempted to take aid into Venezuela. The FT's Gideon Long was on the border of Colombia and Venezuela when the clashes happened. Saturday morning, I went down to one of the three bridges that links Cucuta with Venezuela. Uh, it was all fairly peaceful when I got down there in the morning. But I walked along the bridge towards the Venezuelan side, and getting close to the Venezuelan side, there was a, a rank of around between 50 and 100 Venezuelan security forces. And on the Colombian side, facing them, there were a big group of protesters who were basically trying to, to get them to allow aid in. But it was relatively peaceful. And things got worse during the day when the volunteers tried to take the aid convoys across. So several trucks arrived at the bridge. They tried to drive across. And that's when things got worse. Some of the protesters were throwing stones across towards the Venezuelan troops. And they replied with tear gas. That was on one of the bridges. And then at another bridge, uh, slightly further to the north, there were similar scenes, but actually uh, the situation there was worse because uh, that's where two of the aid trucks caught fire. And the aid on those trucks were, was burnt. There was chaotic scenes as some of the volunteers got onto the back of those trucks and started to try and unload them and unload the other trucks as well in a bid to save the aid. So chaotic scenes all around. There were two deaths reported on the Brazilian-Venezuelan border where they were all carry also carrying aid across. By the end of the day, according to the Colombian Foreign Ministry, there were around 285 people injured in total. While things were really going crazy here in Cucuta and on the border and when the violence was at its peak, at the same time, Nicolas Maduro was in Caracas and was addressing a crowd of his supporters. Que viva el pueblo victorioso por siempre! I think the most important announcement that he made during that speech was that he cut off all diplomatic ties with Colombia and he gave all Colombian diplomats 24 hours to leave Venezuela. He described the Duque government here in Colombia as a fascist government. And I think more bizarrely than that, he ended the rally by dancing salsa on the stage with his wife, Celia Flores, before this huge crowd of his supporters. Those images have unsurprisingly have been broadcast widely and uh, it, it seemed at the very least insensitive given what was happening on the border at around the same time. And what's the state of things in Venezuela now? And the attention really is, is switching away from the border to some extent and to Bogota, where uh, on Monday there will be a meeting of the Group of Lima. The Group of Lima is um, mostly Latin American countries plus Canada, who have been at the forefront of the campaign to isolate the Maduro government in Venezuela. They're due to meet in Bogota on Monday. I think the key thing there is that this will be the first time that Juan Guaido, the leader of the Venezuelan opposition, has appeared at a Group of Lima meeting in his role as interim president of Venezuela. So we'll be looking to see what uh, comes out of that meeting. There should be a, a declaration at the end of it. Looking at Juan Guaido's Twitter feed yesterday, he said that uh, he was going to formally ask the international community to leave all options open. 
to resolve the Venezuelan crisis. But he didn't say what that would mean. Uh, and similar tweets from the US administration as well have raised speculation that the Group of Lima group might make some sort of announcement on military intervention. But uh, at the moment, there's been no confirmation of that. And we won't see until the statement is released on Monday evening. U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton announced this weekend that he would skip his planned trip to South Korea, where President Trump is planning to meet with Kim Jong-un. And he said he's doing that so he can focus on Venezuela. Does that suggest that things might escalate from here? It looks as though the United States is making this more of a priority than it was, say, two or three months ago. Yeah, as you say, John Bolton has cancelled his trip. Mike Pence is coming down from the States for the Group of Lima meeting in Bogota on Monday, even though the United States is not a member of the Group of Lima. So this gives uh, an impression, at least, that uh, the US authorities are taking Venezuela more seriously than they were uh, maybe a few months ago and making it one of their top priorities. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today we'll be following the two-day-long EU-Arab League summit as it wraps up at the Red Sea Resort. German Chancellor Angela Merkel plus the Italian and British Prime Ministers are in attendance. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.